Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Detour Life. Detour Life is a game changer for both family law professionals and clients alike. Detour Life is an innovative online program which guides clients to easily input and organize the exhaustive document and financial disclosure process and provides professionals with streamlined and secure case management. In addition, Detour Life has comprehensive client onboarding, a secure document repository, income and expense sync, parenting plan agreement features, and much more. I use Detour Life myself, and honestly, one of my favorite features, and one that my clients love as well, is that they can securely link all of their financial accounts directly to the Detour Life platform so that their information is automatically uploaded and updated as time goes on. So whether you're getting a divorce or are a divorce professional, I urge you to check it out yourself Go to Detour Life, that's D-T-O-U-R dot L-I-F-E, and sign up for their free 14-day trial. Then use code SUSAN20 to get 20% off the cost of subscription. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. My message and the reason for why I wanted to put a kid with two homes out there is to say, hey, you can have these conversations earlier. And hey, parents, this is how your kids are feeling now. You don't have to wait till they're 18, till they have a voice where they really feel like they can control the situation. Take that responsibility out of their hands. What can you be doing better? Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And today we are joined by a special guest from halfway around the world. Bella Duncan is joining us. Bella is a kid with two homes and she truly literally is. She just pointed out we had our uh, pre-interview chat a few weeks ago and she had a different background and it's because today she's in her different home. She's in her dad's home and last time we spoke she was in her mom's home and um, she has been a kid with two homes for most of her life. And Bella, I think what's really interesting um, among many things is that at 22, you have already created this um, website and blog, A Kid With Two Homes, that really talks about your experience going all the way back to three when your parents separated and divorced. You're a wonderful resource for not only the children of divorce, but for their parents and the adults around them as well. I mentioned to you that I think I know divorce, right? I've been a divorce professional for 32 years, but when I read your blog, I get insights into the child or children's perspective that only, you know, that you have a beautiful way, by the way, of of putting out there. So let me just say, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's later in the day for you. Um, It must be 
quite late in the day for you. So, oh no, actually it's the, it's early in the morning, isn't it? Yeah. It's 7am here. That's it. It's just tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's tomorrow. That's right. Yes. yes that's yes. okay. So welcome and thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Susan. I'm so excited to be here. I really am excited to have this chat with you. I think that this idea of talking about divorce and providing insights into the divorce process through a child's eyes. There have been some ways that I've seen it. There's the movie Split by Ellen Bruno. Ellen's been on the show. I've read books that have been written, but there's something about your perspective and your talent for being able to break it down into really simple terms that really, I think, makes you valuable for both children and parents. But you know, what got you started putting this out there for people, your personal experience? Okay, so I might start with a bit of the background to my story. Um, it's quite a unique story. So my parents divorced when I was three years old, as you mentioned. Um, and ever since then, I have been a kid with two homes. From about the ages of three to 18, it was quite a high conflict situation. Um, I have a younger brother who is my best mate and we go everywhere together um, and I'm quite protective over. My parents, I both, uh, both of them, I have a fantastic relationship with and I think that might be testament to as a fact why I'm still at 22 years old, a kid with two homes. At the age of 18 though, uh, I was really feeling the pressure of being a kid with two homes in a high conflict situation. And I said, enough is enough. I can't do this anymore. This is too much, too much pressure, too much responsibility, too much stress. And it was taking away so much from my life and my ability to focus on my goals. I said to my parents, hey, we've got to, we've got to work this out. You know, it might seem not too bad in your worlds, but it, it's just overwhelming in mine. And by communicating that message, that started the ball rolling. It was not an easy process and it's much easier to say than it was to do. It really started on my year 12 graduation night. Uh, where I had both families there, not just both families there with me sweating bullets because I was so worried that they were both there at the same time, but actually they're allowing me to enjoy my night. Snowball that, had my 18th, both parents, both families, probably one of the best days of my life. 21st, both parents, both families, another really special day in my life. And then it got to a point where everybody was really okay with each other that we decided we were gonna play in a basketball team together. My mom, my dad, my dad's wife, my mom's partner, me, my boyfriend and my brother in a basketball team together on a Sunday night. That's where we're at now. Um, we've done a huge 180, um, but it wasn't without its challenges. So very happy to share all that I learned through that process. So I love that. And are you team Duncan? I need to know. <laughs> We're actually called, my, my dad's a sports scientist and he, he's got his own philosophy and it's called 100x because you needed everything you do, you do at 100%. So that's just a bit of insight into my mentality. Um, but no, we're not called the Duncans, we're called 100x. But um, we <laughs> Well, I love that. <laughs> my listeners may or may not know, but my married last name is Duncan and we call ourselves with the extended family team Duncan. So I was thinking yeah. that um, we even have like little t-shirts we had made. Oh, up. Best. <laughs> but so I, I love that story because first off, the thing that really strikes me in that is you said, you know, your parents got divorced when you were three 
And you needed to have this chat with everyone when you, I want to use the phrase you used, um, which is, uh, I think, also, uh, uh, what you call in Australia, we call it graduation from high school. Your 12, 12 yeah. year? Year 12. Yeah, year, year 12, 12 graduation. Your last right. year, of your senior year in America. Okay. We do the same thing, senior year. So that seems like a huge like lapse of time. And I think for many parents um, and adults, that they would think, well, that the divorce happened eons ago. Why is this still a part of your life? And I think that was hard to grasp now looking back on it, because even sometimes now, I think it took all those years and now we're at where we're at. I almost envy the fact that it took that that long. But in hindsight, um, I do realize that in my unique situation, I guess that's what it did take and maybe I was communicating that message earlier on but not every party came to the table and that's okay and that's something that I have to accept now but definitely my message and the reason for why I wanted to put a kid with two homes out there is to say hey you can have these conversations earlier and hey parents this is how your kids are feeling now you don't have to wait till they're 18 till they have a voice where they really feel like they can control the situation um you know take that responsibility out of their hands. What can you be doing better? And that's a critical point right there is many parents think, well, if the kids are upset or they're not liking how things are going, they'll come to us and tell us. And that is putting your kids in the middle. That's putting your kids, your kids in the position of having to point out to you that what you as adults are doing is not working for them, um, which to a small or to a degree is what you ended up having to do at your graduation. Thankfully, you know, you had supportive family that came together and supported you, it sounds like, in having that conversation with them. For sure, they definitely did. And it's like, uh, specifically at that point in time, it was very different to previously. So my parents were always very present, very um, hands-on parents, very involved in my life, um, just not without the conflict between each other. So to, to have so much love surrounded by me, be, to be surrounded by so much love, yet to have that conflict was just a massive oxymoron for me. And I just could never get my head around it. And everything from the outside might've looked okay. And when my parents maybe reflected, they're like, no, we, we provide this. It, it, it's a good world. And it's brilliant. I'm so privileged. I've had a beautiful childhood, but there was so much pressure and conflict and underlying responsibility in my heart that I couldn't express. Um, and that, that's, again, why I just want to put out all these feelings that your kids may be feeling, uh, because that's definitely what I felt. Um, but couldn't communicate it necessarily effectively. And if I did, maybe my parents weren't at a point in their life where they really heard what I was trying to say or understood the ramifications of the conflict. Yeah. Well, and that's a word you just have used a, a few times there, conflict, um, and mentioned that your, you know, that it was a relatively high conflict or there was high conflict at times. Um, one of the things that I love about your blog, I'm just going to say, is that when you, you write um, articles, each one just has a one word title. Um, and one that jumped out at me, honestly, it was the one entitled Conflict. Um, and I'm just wondering, because you do this so beautifully, you know, can you describe for listeners how that conflict translated into your life? 
Conflicts can come from a million places and sometimes it might be really subtle conflicts. So let's take a really simple example when you're a kid with two homes. Uh, there's pick up and drop off. So before I turned driving age in Australia, mom and dad would have to drop us off at a location and pick us up from a location. So I've got very vivid points in my life that are dictated by that location. So I think, oh yeah, when I was in year three to year five, BP station, the petrol station was our location. And then when I was, you know, 13 to 15, it was the sports complex up from mom's house. It, it was to the point where, you know, my parents didn't drop us at each other's houses. And that in itself was a bit stressful because we'd have to meet somewhere. Let's take the conflict in this situation. This situation, the conflict usually derived from the fact that one parent was late or one parent um, was waiting. So I would be extremely stressed if mom was maybe a bit purposely being a bit late to drop us off. And I knew dad was waiting at that location, so eager to see us, but I felt like I had no control over it, which I didn't have any control over it. So dealing with that stress and that knowing coming up conflict that when we got there, dad would be like, why are you guys late? Mom being like, we're not late, like, it's fine. That was stressful. So when you get to the pickup drop-off location and dad's a bit like, where are you guys being? And mom's like, whatever. You know, that little subtle conflict, it might not be a full screaming match. Sometimes it might be, but that in itself can make your kid really anxious around pickup drop-off time. And already they're probably feeling a little bit unstable from going from one house to the other. And that transition period really should be a safe space because it's already difficult in principle. So that might just be a very simple example, yet impactful reason why, you know, conflict can arise. Right there in that very simple description, it's, it's much easier now for a parent to understand how it all trickles down, right? Everything they do translates into their children's lives and to their children's yes. experience. And not just that one drop off or pickup, but now you're nervous the next time exactly. and the next time. And that you remember where the pickups and drop offs were when they weren't at the home. You know, it all just adds up into a compilation of conflict having a role in your life. And that's it. And I do make it very clear that, you know, you can try so hard to make one pickup drop off great. But as soon as you let it go and you start putting your feelings as a parent who's quite angry about the divorce or angry about your situation and the conflict between you and your ex-partner, then that can all just disappear and your child can become quite anxious about those situations. I think a good quote that I like to say often that I truly genuinely believe, if it's obviously safe to do so and reasonable to do so, showing respect for your co-parent is showing respect for your child. Um, and that in itself can be really difficult, I understand, but I'm an advocate for the kid. Showing respect for your co-parent for your kids is, is fundamental to them really not having that I'm in the middle feeling. 
I love that. I'm the advocate for the kids because you are a kid. I, you're 22 and you know, you've been through this, your whole, I mean, this is really the, the vast part of your life. Do you remember if your parents divorced when you were three, do you remember your parents together? So I have very vivid memories about um, dad at home. Very, very uh, like glimpses um them being actually together and happy together no um I think that's something that I can't offer a perspective with so I was actually having this conversation with dad yesterday and we have hard conversations I think it's really important um, in our relationship and I said you know I see some people say you know it's so important that you get divorced for your kids you know you need to show them what's a healthy relationship and not to stay in a toxic relationship and I I logically empathize with that because all situations are very unique and if it's definitely not safe or reasonable to stay in a relationship I understand I find it really difficult having had my experience to advocate for divorce you know I was three years old I don't know what it would have been like if I was 15 and said hey no you can sort this out like let's really consider what what are the issues here um obviously as a kid you're you're not known to all the issues in a marriage and you're not known to how how really how bad it can get as a kid having gone through only a divorce and not seeing the marriage at its worst or at its best um, that's something I'm not privy to so definitely a conversation I want to open up with other kids who have experienced that and have gone through that Right. And well, and I think it's a, a, an interesting juxtaposition right there, right? You have your experience and you're wonderful, um, wonderfully able to share that and, and get it, dive inside of it and the emotional content behind it in a way that I, I have to say far exceeds your years on this earth um, to be 22 and to be able to break down the very complicated emotional construct of you know everything that it goes on in this I, it's truly um, amazing but you also are able to see that your your journey is different from other kids journeys and everyone's going to have different perspectives but you still do, you know, that in mind, you still manage to capture so many of the common experiences. And another one that really jumped out for me, the uh, blog post you did on pressure, the pressure that kids feel. And I was like, it, there, you had so many more definitions of pressure in there than I, I, I jumped to one thought of what the pressure was. And then the article had all these different examples. Yeah, I might go into them if, if you like me. Yes, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I speak about how as a kid, you should be feeling pressure. Pressure is part of life. That is something that we all experience um, and it can really build you to be resilient and give you a lot of great life skills. So you should have pressure around your grades, around school, around um, you know your ability to maintain really important relationships and your friendships. But as a kid of divorce, I don't see pressure as that. I see that as the easy stuff. I saw pressure as, okay, I feel pressure to maintain this relationship with my brother where he's not privy to any of this pressure I'm feeling. So I felt pressure to feel responsible for him in a way. Or I felt pressure to, when it came to that pickup drop-off situation, coming back to that example, to make sure that, Nobody yelled at anybody and everybody was happy. Again, not my responsibility, but I felt that pressure. 
I felt pressure to spend quality time with my parents because that was taken away from me, I felt. Or it wasn't necessarily taken away from me. I probably have spent so much more quality time with my parents singularly than some kids who live under the same roof 24-7 because I've actively felt that pressure and actively engaged in spending that time. Of course, there's positives out of it all, but that pressure and that feeling should never have been my responsibility. So as you would have seen in my blog, I often say, okay, this is the problem, pressure. This is what pressure is. This is how you may be feeling it. How do we deal with it? I don't like offering problems without a solution. Um, and so I think that's why I, I'm really passionate about giving kids and parents tools to, to help them get through that. Um, and one tool that I speak about so often pretty much every time I come up with a problem is focusing on what you can control. And as a kid of divorce, understanding that, saying that to yourself and really deciphering what can I control and what can I not control will be the bread and butter of you moving forward and focusing on your life. So definitely that pressure focusing on, okay, I shouldn't feel this pressure because one, it's not my responsibility to look after my brother. Yeah. As a sister, but not in a motherly way right um and i i should really focus on okay how can i control my own actions to help my mind uh move forward without this overwhelming feeling of pressure yeah i mean that what you can control is such a mature concept really i talk to adults every day when i'm doing coaching with people who are going through divorce trying to get them to understand that they can only control what they can control and to hear you break it down into rather what seems simple terms but to have a grasp of that concept is pretty remarkable Hey, it's Kate Anthony over at the Divorce Survival Guide. Susan said it would be okay to pop in and talk to you really quickly about my new program, the Divorce Survival Program. See what I did there? Look, once you've decided to get a divorce, you may feel a sense of relief. The decision is finally made. But at the same time, you're likely feeling a sense of foreboding of what's ahead. There's a huge mountain left to climb. And if you've never gotten divorced before, especially divorced with kids, there's a lot that you don't know. You need a deep dive into the divorce process, STAT. That's why you're listening to this podcast right now. That's also why I created the Divorce Survival Program. In the Divorce Survival Program, you'll learn how to have the most difficult conversations of your life with your husband, your children, friends, families, and even nosy neighbors. You'll learn how to set healthy boundaries in high and low conflict divorces. You'll learn how the legal and financial processes really work whether you should or can seek support, and you'll be taken through the process of emotional healing. And of course, you'll learn how to start dating on the other side. In this one-of-its-kind program, I bring together top experts from around the country, including the amazing Susan Guthrie, who share their wisdom in exclusive interviews not available anywhere else. And of course, there are over 20 videos in which I speak directly to you, answering your most pressing questions. The Divorce Survival Program is a self-paced online program available for purchase now at divorcesurvivalprogram.com. And if you use the code SUSAN, you'll get $50 off the already super low price now through the end of the year. Again, that's divorcesurvivalprogram.com and use the code SUSAN when you check out. And now back to Susan's amazing episode. 
stay tuned for more from my conversation with Bella Duncan, the amazing young woman behind the popular blog, A Kid with Two Homes, a resource for parents and kids going through divorce. Parents and everybody has their unique situations and there will feel times where somebody's parents' divorce makes them feel as though their family has been torn apart. And I understand that. But that does not make them broken. What should you say instead? Divorced, separated, a kid with two homes. Like I'm more than happy to be described as that or ask. If you are finding this episode helpful, be sure to check out all the episodes in the archive with parenting expert, Christina McGee, and our special episode with the award-winning director of the film Split, Ellen Bruno. In addition to figuring out how to parent solo, you're going to have to acquire different skill sets because whether you realize it or not, you know, you each have strengths and weaknesses, different things you bring to the parenting relationship. You may have to up your game in certain areas or make some adjustments or not rely on each other for certain things. So it's a big transition. Doing it in increments, right, while you're all in one home can be really advantageous. And now we return to today's show. That feeling to have quality time with the pressure to have quality time with your parents. I wonder if another loss of the situation it was the loss of your own personal time because you're mm-hmm. constantly feeling that pressure to have quality time as you go between the two homes. Yeah. So I recently put out a reel saying, make time for you. You know, this was a particular day where. I kind of, I finished my degree. I had spent quality time with everybody that I needed to. And parents aren't just included in that, um, in the divorce. You know, you're you're divvying up your time, not only focused on your parents, but also your grandparents. Now you've got two separate places to go. If you have a partner, if you've got friends and then there's you and you forget about that quite often. And I don't really remember making very much time for me in my younger years. That wasn't something that I enjoyed because I didn't do often. But very much in my later years, I have really put my head down and said, no, you have to make time for you. You have to enjoy your own company. One quote that I really like is, if you can't enjoy your own company, how can you expect others to? Um, And so that's something that I've really had to look straight in the eye and say okay let's do this so yeah I'll take myself to the beach or I'll read a book or I'll even get up maybe a little bit earlier to spend that time with myself again it shouldn't be my responsibility to make time in the day so I can fit everybody else in but that's what's important to me and I choose that but it shouldn't feel like an obligation to put everybody else first and then leave you hanging and your own mental health is just dissipating. I think it's so, so important that kids of divorce really reflect on themselves and really think, okay, am I okay? And how can I help myself here? Yeah. Well, and think about it. It was described to me once as, you know, as children go between two homes, they go to the, the second home or the home they have not been in for the past few days And that parent is so excited to see them. They haven't seen them for a few days. They've got all these fun plans or they want to hear all about what's gone on and how, what have you done and let's get caught up. And then it cycles again because now the child then goes back to home one and it's the same thing. Now that parent hasn't seen them for a few days and 
in that there, there really isn't time for a child to be a child, to be in that moment. Not that the children and that children don't want to have that time with parents, but there's a, a big loss. I think about it, you know, as a grown up, I, I enjoy my personal time. Like my, I'm, a, I'm an extroverted introvert. I love to get out there and talk to people, but then I need to like go sit in a corner yeah. and recharge for a while. Mm. Everybody needs a little bit of alone time. And, and that's just another, you know, maybe casualty in the whole process for kids mm. if nobody's even thinking about it. Definitely. And you're, it's like you're a rare product um, and everybody wants a little bit of you. And it it's often filled with so much love, which is put you in a difficult position to actually realize that you're not getting everything out of life that you actually need to, meaning that personal time by yourself where you're not stretched so thin. Like for example, Christmas day for me and my brother, at one point we were going to six different places just on Christmas day. Christmas day to us is hectic. We love it. It's a, it's a beautiful celebrating day, but it's extremely stressful and we are in the car so often that in itself you know you you leave one place which is sad because you're leaving somebody and then you get into some other place and they're so happy to see you and you're so happy to see them but you're exhausted it's really about finding that balance and I say to kids of divorce this is where communication comes in and communication is absolutely vital and yes like you said at the very start kids shouldn't be expected to confront adults with very adult problems and tell them that this is the problem as a kid, um, I do realize that sometimes that might be the solution and to equip other kids with the skill to communicate effectively, I'll do that every day of the week if I can. Yeah, well, so what do you think that skill set is for kids? Um, you sat down and had a very adult conversation with the adults in your life uh, when you graduated uh, from your senior year. For children to, to sit down and talk to parents or be able to communicate with them, how do you help them do that? So I actually have a blog on this and I go into quite a step-to-step detail on how you should communicate, but I just very vividly, uh, very uh, casually go through it. So first, I think you need to understand what is communication? What am I trying to communicate? Get the message in your own head. Okay, I want to say, uh, let's say, for example, I want to say that I want both my parents at my grand final, my netball grand final, but you know, Mom doesn't want dad there and dad finds it too stressful when mom's there. A bit of a too hard basket, but you really want them there. So you want to communicate this message and whatever happens, happens because you can't control the outcome, but you can control how you communicate it. So first, you're going to decide what the message is. Message plain and simple. I want you both at my netball grand final. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I just want to get it out there. It is. It, honestly, it is. Yes. Um, I want to put it out there. And I want to tell you that that's something that's really important to me. Okay, cool. You've got your message in your own head. How are you going to communicate it? Hmm, this can be a bit difficult. Some kids don't like to sit their parent down or don't have the relationship to sit their parent down and say, hey, by the way, um, you know, you might want to write a letter. You might want to put it in writing. You might want to call them over the phone if you don't want to do it face-to-face, whatever you find the most effective way for you to less that stress and that responsibility of communicating that message, go with it. Then you have to determine in your own mind what you want the outcome to be. Obviously in this situation, you want both your parents to be at your grand final, no conflict. But then in saying that, you're going to have to realize 
that you can't control the outcome. All you can control is the fact that you have in yourself done everything that you can control, which is communicate that message. Um, and then the outcome will be the outcome. And then from there, you can maybe communicate a bit more. Maybe mom will turn around and be like, no way, I'm going to be at Unipper Grand Final and dad's not coming. And you say, okay, well, that actually makes me feel horrible because I'm saying this is really important to me. And you're saying your, your conflict's more important than that. And sometimes that might open your parents' eyes. Other times it might not, but you can't control it. All you've done is communicate that message as effectively as you possibly can. Those are some very simple steps that I say, try to lock in and you might fail and fail again at trying to get that message out. You might never get that message out, but you know, those steps really helped me um, in ultimately communicating that message when I turned out there. For every adult out there listening to this podcast episode, they should write those down because I talk every day with people trying to help them get ready to go into conversations um, about telling their spouse they want a divorce or how to negotiate the terms of their settlement. And I, I've not heard another adult go through that as cogently as you just did. And the having, giving yourself the grace to understand that all you can do is put it out there and you can't control the outcome. I, I love that. I think that is, with that alone, you've helped every parent who's listened to this and if they translate it to their children or they have their children listen, you've helped every child who's just listened to this because think of the conversations that can now happen in the space that you've given them to, to have those. So that's a gift right there. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's exactly why I do what I do. So if that impacts one person, I'll be a very happy person. Well, I, I guarantee if somebody out there just found that impactful and, and it, whether you're a child or a parent, you let us know because I want to I want to pass it on to Bella. I, I, again, I've, I've said this before in this episode, but this idea, you know, my, my, I have three stepchildren today. The day we're taping this is actually their birthday. They're turning 24. Happy birthday, guys. Um, they're triplets. And wow. they were quite young as you were when their parents split up. I think they were three as well. And they, during school, had a group um, called, I think it was called Banana Splits. The split yeah, being kids whose yeah. parents are going through divorce. And it was that safe place in school that they could go and have lunch with other kids whose parents were going through divorce and talk about that. And that's what your blog reminded me of, a safe place for kids to hear that they're not alone, to hear that their experience is, I'm not going to say universal, but that how they're feeling is how other kids might feel. And I think also you, you have that ability to put into words what they may not even know they're feeling. Like they know they're upset. They know they're angry. They know they're uncomfortable, but they may not understand why. For example, the conflict and the example you give about the pickups and drop-offs. Uh, and I think that that's what makes this a, such a wonderful resource for the kids. Now, you mentioned you do blogs as well as did you do a reel or do you do reels and yeah TikTok? so yeah so I'm I'm quite active on Instagram as well I'm trying to um, increase that a bit but sometimes I do reels on my Instagram and they've been awesome um, the amount of people that kind of watch them it's incredible and just validates this idea that I am not alone and I say at the end of my blog my tagline really is that you're not alone, you're seen and you're heard. 
And this is challenging and everybody finds it challenging. But even me in this whole process, I'm still going through this. And I am 22, but I'm still a kid and I will always be a kid of divorce. Um, and I, I myself am still maneuvering through these challenges. And when I see people watch these reels and be like, oh, same, I go, same, awesome. Like, because unlike um, your awesome stepkids, I didn't have a program at school where that was talked about. There was one other girl in my grade. I remember very vividly, we weren't even friends, but we had this common look that we knew each other were kind of going through the same thing. Never spoke about it. Going into high school, I remember one not very nice girl saying, oh, Bella can't hang out on a Friday night because she has to spend time with her dad because her parents are divorced. And I remember at that point really thinking, oh, oh, you, you, you think I'm different because of a decision that I didn't make. So I do think that this idea of community and this idea that you really aren't alone, so many kids are going through it but we just don't talk about it. When I first had the conversation with my boyfriend actually about the blog, I just get, got back from overseas exchange, COVID just hit and I was very down and dumb. So I was like, oh, I just want to do something like profound that I really want to do for me. And I was like, I want to start a blog. He was like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, there's no resources out there for kids. There's picture books and there's child psychologists who are brilliant. But unless you're willing to go and tell your parents, hey, I need to talk to somebody, there's nothing you can just go on your phone and read or listen to um, and say, oh, wow, okay, I get it. Somebody else gets it, good. So I said, you know, maybe I'll call it taboo, but not taboo. It's this topic that's so taboo in my world, but everybody knows about it. And there's brilliant adults who talk about divorce but nobody talks about the kids. That's kind of how I was like, oh, maybe I'll call it a kid with two homes. And he was like, mm, oh, yeah, that sounds yeah, good. That, that kind of works, yeah. And then a year later, this is where we're at, so. Is this only a year that you've oh, been no, doing sorry. it? Uh, <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was a year in November. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, I mean, then I'm even more impressed by what you've accomplished. And I, I do want to say to parents out there, um, Bella's Instagram, it's at a kid with two homes, go put it on your kid's phone, put it on there because they're on their Instagram feeds. And when they're going through and they have that ability to see and stop for a moment and get a couple of tips from Bella or hear that there's a commonality of experience. I really think that's important. The other thing that you just said that I also want to, to hone in on is you mentioned that other children who didn't have the experience of divorce sort of had a perception or a judgment around your life because of uh, the way you phrased it was perfect, a decision you didn't make. Um, and I think there's value. I've been talking about the value to parents of kids going through divorce and kids of divorce. There's value to everyone understanding what the divorce journey is like for children, for all adults and for all children whose parents are maybe still together. Um, this is not something that you had any role in. My friend Ben, Ben Heldfond, who is one of the co-authors of Our Happy Divorce, always says his son Asher, they didn't want him to have to pay the bill for a dinner he didn't order right? They didn't want him to be, you know, the one who had to pick up the tab. 
And like that. this, yeah, I think this is the, that same thing. You were a three-year-old whose parents made a decision to end their marriage. And, you know, what you very skillfully have done is then taken your life experience and shared it in ways that are helpful to others. I want to ask you one last question because I know this phrase means something to you. And I, I've talked about it in other episodes, but I, what does the term broken family mean to you? One of my least but favorite topics because um, you're speaking very a, a lot of truth there. Because my parents made a decision and because my family is a divorced family, this does not in any way, shape or form mean that I personally am broken. No way, N not, not for a second, not for a day. Um, and so I understand and I empathize with the fact that this term broken family is um, entrenched in culture and it's never usually intended to really hurt somebody. So when I've been described as, oh, Bella, she comes from a broken family, but she still did this. I think, what? Like you, you managed to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I have been extremely privileged and I've had a fantastic relationship with both parents and everybody has their unique situations and there will feel times where somebody's parents divorce makes them feel as though their family has been torn apart. And I understand that, but that does not make them broken. And so that was probably one of my favorite blogs that I wrote because another aspect of a kid with two homes is to educate people who haven't experienced it themselves um, one being parents but two especially being lay people who have beautifully nuclear families which are awesome and that's really great but don't describe my family as broken just because we don't look like yours and my family could be described in a million ways um, I actually say I, I like I said I don't like putting a problem out there with no solution I say okay don't call people a broken family. What should you say instead? Divorced, separated, a kid with two homes. Like I, I'm more than happy to be described as that or ask, hey, I know your parents are divorced. When I'm talking about you or if, if it comes up in conversation, which it usually doesn't, so it's not really relevant. I was going to say, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not really relevant, but if you do need to talk to me about that, how would you like me to talk about it? Like, how would you like me to define it? And Again, communication, um, just not making people feel, especially kids, that they have to pay the bill for a dinner that they did not order. I right. love that. I love that so much. Um, but if, you know, I even give solutions for kids when I've been in the position where I've been said, oh, Bella came from a broken family, but I sat there a bit gobsmacked and didn't really say anything, but reflected on it and thought, okay, if I had my time again, what could I say? How could I deal with that? And in my blog, I go through that. I say, be respectful because one, they probably didn't mean it. Two, communicate to that person. Hey, I know you didn't mean anything by it. And I hope you didn't mean anything by it, but I'm not broken. Instead, you, like, I'm more than happy for you to say, yeah, my parents are divorced, but this is a person that I am and it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. And it truly, I mean, you were saying, you, how would you want to describe your family? Well, we can describe your family as a basketball team. So, right. <laughs> we can, we can. And that in itself, even still baffles me. If you came to me 
six years ago and said that I would say you're incredibly crazy and I think you should go speak to somebody because that's not possible. <laughs> you might need a little medication. Well, but it, it's actually, it, again, another message to people that you, well, it, it sounds like your communication started a ball rolling that allowed your family to create a, a different formation than what had been the pathway that had been followed. So in many ways, your bravery, and, and there had to be bravery involved in stepping up to have that conversation with your family, changed the trajectory of your not broken family into a basketball team. So I love that. And I, oh, I truly you. love what you're doing, Della. Um, you you put um, in your notes for the pre-interview that I ask um, all my guests if they have any books because I love books and I love to promote them. And you say you don't have any yet, but it's a major goal of mine. I urge you to create a book. I, this is a book that's missing, that doesn't exist in the, the divorce vernacular, children of separated parents and families could use this resource. So just take all your blogs and put them in, it's ready, let's go. That means so much. Thank you so much. That means so so I'd much. be a big supporter and a big fan. So when, when you do it, that's how I'm gonna phrase it. Not when if, you okay. do it you let me know and I will be the first person to, to be supporting that because I, I truly think what you have done is remarkable. To know that you've only been doing it for a little over a year is even more remarkable um, and you're remarkable. So I, I thank you for taking the time uh, to, to share with my listeners and I know now that they know about you um, and what you can share for them and for their kids, they're going to reach out for assistance. So how can they find out more about you? Where can they find the blog? Let's let's give them all the details. So the blog is www.akidwithtwohomes, two spelled out T-W-O, dot com. Uh, and that's where my blog is found. You can see the about me. You can see other podcasts that I've been on. You're, I'll have a link to this podcast there as well. A bit more about my background, what I've studied, et cetera. Um, and obviously all the blog content. Uh, you can find my Instagram at at a kid with two homes. Again, two spells out T-W-O. And you want to see me professionally, you can find me on LinkedIn at Isabella Duncan. Oh, Isabella Duncan. I love that. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Bella's, be Bella's better, but <laughs> oh, you know what? I, yeah, we all use our longer names in our professional world. So do reach out to her. Um, I'm going to have links to everything in the show notes so that you can easily find Bella or Isabella. I'll, I'll even link to her LinkedIn <laughs> profile. So again, thank you so much, Bella, and keep doing what you're doing. It's it's truly, I know you you started it maybe as something for you. You're You're changing the world for a lot of families and children. Thank you. That means so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.